tuned in to Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives. My name is Jeanette Paxia. Thank you for joining us today. I started this show, as anyone that's heard the show knows, because when I was a nurse on the floor, there was all these stories out there. You know, I worked with a lot of older people. I worked in cardiac step down. And their stories were very interesting, but nobody was listening to them. I was one of the only people, and I didn't want people to die with their stories and not share. So many great things have happened So many challenging things have happened in the last 60 or 70, 80 years, and I wanted people to hear their stories. So I started this so that we could get those stories out there. In addition, I have an anti-bullying program, Connect Your Inner Superhero, where I not only empower children, I empower adults who work with children, and I empower adults because we all have stories in our past. I know that we all have superhero traits, so I want you to connect to those superhero traits through your stories. And today's guest is Rebecca Hale. I met Rebecca recently. We were both in New York City. Actually, it's only been a couple of weeks. Covers of our books were up in Times Square. She's part of Warrior Women, turning life lessons into legacy. And so they were there for their book cover. And then Superheroes on the Spectrum, I was there for that. And now Rebecca's going to be part of that. But we didn't get to talk the first probably day or so until we were on a boat going to the Statue of Liberty in Ellis Island. And we connected. There's so many similarities that we have. I enjoy meeting people, and I really enjoyed meeting Rebecca, and I know that we'll do a lot of things together in the future. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Just hearing your intro gave me chills for so many reasons, as you just reiterated when we met and how it unfolded and we were on that boat to Ellis Island, that connection and talking and digging into our stories. I'm having the feels just thinking about it. So I'm um, excited so to see how this unfolds. I have chills. I mean, it was such a great experience anyways, all of New York City, everything that we did. But that yeah. that boat ride, can you tell a little, tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Okay, this this is what's coming out. My, I'm a mom of two grown boys, 21 and 24. I have been raising them by myself since they were really little. I'm a physical therapist by trade, and as my kids went through the struggles of how my historic childhood trauma sort of impacted how I became a mom, a wife a business owner, worker, as that unfolded and impacted them, I started really seeing how my work as a physical therapist was evolving. And so I ended up working predominantly with children with autism and ADHD. And and my work with them, it's, you know, your path is never a mistake, ended up helping me unravel my childhood trauma, become a better person, a better mom means of connecting, unraveling trauma. And I just started seeing the the, uh, overlay of ADHD, autism, and trauma and how it impacts your nervous system. And I started doing a deep dive with neuroscience. So that's kind of where I am. Here on Word of Mom Radio, many of our audience are women. Many of our audience are women entrepreneurs. They work, they have their kids, and they balance everything. Not all of our audience, but, but many of them. Just that balance of raising your children, neuroscience, but your path is for you. And that path has brought you to help other people, right? It's never a mistake. Your path path is never never a mistake. mistake. Thank you. You know, it's like, because I try to instill that in everyone. Sometimes people look at me and like, oh, because 
you know, you go on social media and you project some uh, something about yourself and, and it does look sort of perfect, but it's this evolution of the struggles behind the scenes and sharing that struggle is so important. That's the great thing about sharing story. And, you know, another piece of your intro that gave me chills is the idea that you didn't want people to people's stories to die with them. And that's so powerful. You know, people's stories are impactful and their stories are about their struggles. They're really never about when somebody elevates and, and they have this unbelievable thing, the way they're showing up in their world, there's always a struggle behind it. And I think that that's so powerful and it's never a mistake. And if you live your life like that, then, then you start to enjoy the failures and the struggles because you know it's leading you to discovery and to connection. And, you know, I mean, another thing about Ellis Island, it's like you, we get there and, and you can feel the people's stories there. Oh, it was amazing. You know? and, and the energy of that. And so I think that was like such a cool connection. But the struggle and the failure, I was a perfectionist. I didn't want to talk about struggle failure. I didn't want to have struggle and failure. And man, did I get whacked <laughs> with struggles and failures. We do, right? We do. And <laughs> I know as I've gone through my life, I followed the path and I didn't know at the time what that story or what that challenge or how that path was going to help me in the future. But weird things interacted and interchanged where later I looked back and I said, okay, that's why I went through that. Oh, I see. That's why I went through that. And see, everyone was telling me, don't do that. But I followed my intuition and did it. And now it served me in the future. So you may not find right away why you're on that path, but eventually that path will serve your future needs. And I wanted to highlight that because I thought it was such an important phrase so that people know. And I talk a lot about things happen for you, not to you. And that can be really hard for people to understand why me? Why do I have to go through this challenge? It's happening for a reason. And believe me, I've been through a lot, a lot, a lot of very challenging things, especially in the last 13 years since my mom passed. But how do we use that to move forward? How, we, how do we use that to connect to our superhero traits so that we can move forward, be resilient? I talked about resiliency in, in one of the other shows with Marilyn Morales. How do we do that to be resilient? Mm. Thank you for what you do. In addition, as a mom of a child who's 22 now, who was diagnosed on the spectrum at the time Asperger's, you know, they've changed the way they diagnose or, or how they title it, how they um, use that. He's on the spectrum and now goes to a college for kids who learn differently. I appreciate all that you do for our children. I also have been diagnosed with ADHD at a time when many, many years ago, I'm, I'm a little older. Thank you for what you do. And I cannot wait to have your story in Superheroes on Spectrum because your story is going to talk about what you do, how you work with the children so that we can help our audience. The book is 33 Stories, Celebrating the Unique Abilities of Children and Adults of the Diagnosis on the Autism Spectrum. And I think that your story is going to be a perfect story to end out that book so that people can use it to help themselves. But we're here today to talk about other things that you're doing and how you've gotten to where you are on your path. One of the things I would love to know is if you could go back today and talk to your 12-year-old self, what advice would you give yourself? Yeah, so um, thanks for prepping me with the questions. <laughs> <laughs> thanks or no thanks, you know, but when I read that first question, I was like, I'm not going there. I don't want to go there. And I really thought about why. And 12 was hard. I mean, 12 is mm -hmm. middle school, junior high, where, wherever you fell in, you know, it's already a hard time. 12 was 
a really tough time. And I actually have never really reflected on that age. So 12, I was in gymnastics. I hurt my back and I was in a shell brace. So front and back, a big shell. So I couldn't wear like traditional clothes. I had to wear the ugliest clothes to fit over a shell brace. I had to sit on a donut so that my tailbone wasn't sitting on a hard chair all day. I had braces and at some point in there, I had cut my own bangs too short and (laughs) life was just not good. And I just struggled at that time. So like looking back at that, so when I was thinking about what would I tell my 12 year old self, I started saying, you know, I don't want to look back. I'm looking forward. I don't want to look back. Mm -hmm. And what came up actually this morning when I was walking through the woods with my dog, which is really my reflection time, was I was having this reflection and this experience from the book, the Warrior Woman book, is what's happening is people from my past are coming out of the woodwork to buy my book to share with me. And there are people from literally when I was born, like my aunt, to people in my neighborhood when I was a little girl, to when I was in middle school, to when I was in high school, to when I was in college, all those people are coming out of the woodwork, buying my book, reading my story. And then sharing stories about me and I'm sharing about them. So I'm re, like going back to my past and what I would say to my 12 year old self from that reflection is we have our, a skewed perception of how our life is in this moment and what the importance of it is. Sometimes we think everybody's looking at us like life stinks or like, look at her. She's just a hot mess. And always our perception is off. Yeah, and so definitely always. And there's like a percentage of like 90% of what you recall from your past is not accurate. And that's a huge number. And so I would say to her, this is just part, you're just, it's something you're going through and it will impact you in a positive way in the future. And you're just, you're going through it and it's okay. <laughs> it, and just the prompt of that question elicited so much unfolding for me. So I appreciate it. And I had I, no idea it would do that. But 12 year old is a very important stage, stage and age. Yeah. Um, that's one of the reasons that I chose that age because it's right in that time where bullying is, yeah. I mean, you can get bullied at any age. I was bullied a little younger, but junior high, awkward age, awkward time, you're going through, you're trying to figure out how to be an adult, but you're still wanting to be a child, you know, you still want your parents around, but you don't, you want to be independent. You think you know everything. And that age for me was, I was in similar situations and and I felt like everybody was looking at me and everything I did was not right. And I just didn't fit in. And I want people to say, okay, you know what? It's going to be okay. Yes. It's going to be okay. But I didn't have any idea you went through all of that at 12. Amazing (laughs) that you got all through that. That must have been a huge, huge challenge, but it set you up for your future challenges and created yeah. resiliency in you for future. Thank you for sharing that. I And I didn't realize it was going to bring up a lot of things for you, but maybe you needed that, right? Oh, it's it was, so good. It's so um, good. I know we all have some accomplishments as our 12-year-old who knew how we were going to move forward and, and accomplish things. What is one of your top accomplishments and maybe some of the obstacles that you had to face to get through it? Another tricky question. You know, I don't have major big accolades. I have like little wins 
and I, I always minimize it because I, I have friends that are like, look what you're doing in your life. You know, I'm so grateful for my friends that hold me up and say so, but I created most of the challenges in my life, <laughs> you know, and later in my life, I, I found out that much of my shame and, and self-doubt and self-worthlessness came from childhood trauma at seven, pretty extensive that I had blocked out. And so a lot of the way I was relational with bosses, my children, significant others, friendships. I was always acting out of a fight or flight. And so I think the biggest, the thing I'm most proud of is that often I was self-deprecating and I, I shifted that to, um, to, to say, to be vulnerable with people and want honest, trusting, truthful relationships. And so I challenge myself and other people to show up and I ask people to hold me accountable and I ask people to show up and, not everybody likes that kind of a friend or person in their life, and that's not the easy road. And so I'm really proud of how I walk through life like that because it, it doesn't make things easier, but it makes it much more rewarding, and it's how I want to show up in this world. And so it's not like big accolades, but it's just I want to show up, and I want to be in integrity, and I have to practice that every day. And that's what I'm most proud of. I don't always perfect it. I'm not always doing it well. But when I don't, I'm just, I'm stepping into that and asking people to, you know, give me grace and give grace. And that's what I'm most proud of in my journey that I'm still working on. <laughs> We're always working. We're always growing. Always, always, yeah. always. But it doesn't have to be big accolades. And that's what this, that's what I'm trying to do with this show. We all have things that we've been through, but we're all not ordinary. It's just yeah. a simple life and our own life, but we have these extraordinary parts of us. Yeah. Every single one of us, yeah. every one of us has a story. You don't have to be a star. You don't have to be a YouTube star. You don't have to be someone everybody knows. JLo, we're not all JLo, right? <laughs> but we all have stories and those stories not only help us, our children, our grandchildren, the children we work with, the people in our lives are significant others, but they're here to help everybody. And so I don't, I want people to be able to share those. So it doesn't have to be. So thank you for sharing that. It doesn't have to be some big grand thing. How did you get to an accomplishment or, you know, you accomplished something that you wanted to do and, and what you're doing is serving others in a big, huge way. So thank you for that. But it doesn't have to be something that Oprah did. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so thank you for sharing. And, I'm going to thank you over and over for what you do for our children, because I'm, as a mom of a child, I mean, we have five children together, but as a mom of a child who has a diagnosis, having someone like you in my life helped me get through. There's so many people in my life that helped me get through things and allowed me to be an advocate. And, and I know you do that for others. So thank you. What mm. is something, and I'm sure that you don't tell everybody all the accomplishments that you've had, but what's something that you're proud of that few people know, or maybe something that nobody knows? They'd be surprised that people would be surprised. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess the thing that comes up that sort of has unfolded in my life is, well, people know that I ran track in high school and I, I was a captain and I so enjoyed it. After being in a cast and everything, you ran track. Yeah. I mean, the gymnastics and that ended my, my okay. gymnastics career. It also set me on a trajectory 
to be a physical therapist, to be super meticulous about my body and get my body to recover. I mean, that's what I do. I live, breathe, and sleep, strength, flexibility, balance, teaching others. I started in the elderly, so I that was me be able to help 90-year-old people get out of bed and recover the way that I did it, which is different. That's really what I do. And connecting it with kids with autism, it's, it's the same thing. It's, autism impacts every part of your body. You know, and there's yeah. a, that self-regulation piece and that movement through space and knowing where your body is in space. And that became something I was obsessed with. And so that injury helped me to feel my body, know my body, how it responds. And that's been an evolving thing. Enter the golf story four years ago, how that impacted my body. But I went on to find different ways to be an athlete. I played soccer. I was really good at soccer, but track was my that was my thing. I, I was a hurdler. <laughs> I was a hurdler and I'm, I'm a short, I'm only five, four. So you don't become a hurdler at five, four, but my trauma, this is an interesting thing. My trauma made me need to have pain in my body to feel where I was in space. And I literally would hit every 10, all 10 hurdles down with my knees. I would just run over them and I did it faster than the tall girls. I just ran over those hurdles. I was really good at it. And I just took hurdles out. It didn't hurt. People are like, you smash your knees. I'm like, yep, every time practically. <laughs> and that was part of my uncovering being in fight or flight, not understanding that my body was so locked down. I had no sensitivity to the earth and I needed so much feedback. So track was a key for me. I loved it. It kept me going. I went on to division one track and lettered in track. And my team was really good. Northeastern was really good. And I, division one, I stunk. I was not, you know, I didn't belong there, but I got to be there. <laughs> so that was a fun accomplishment that I have in my, my back pocket that really just gave me another experience that I can connect with. I can connect with high level athletes because I I lived in it. I wasn't one, but I, I got to, you I got myself in there. And, and after being in a cast, you did track and soccer. I'm sorry. I'm going to go back to after being <laughs> in a cast. I never that thought time, of it that way. When you thought that you probably had no thoughts of, I mean, you obviously gymnastics wasn't something you were going to be able to do, but you probably didn't have any idea you'd be doing all of this later and sitting in that moment then. And that's what I'm talking about with we're going through challenges, awesome. we become resilient because who knows what we're going to be doing in the future. And now your path was to then help others through what you experienced. Now, I'm also 5'4", and one of our sons, Ashton, he ran track. And so we sat there many, many hours yes. and weekends watching. So I've seen what they do. 5'4", I can't imagine doing what you did. And again, after being in a cast. Amazing. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I just, I, I'm in awe. Also, you mentioned golf, which you kind of talked a I second about. Over. You glossed over it. Thank you for the word. Your story in uh, Warrior Women is about that. And golf is something I've never thought. Now I'm going to, I'm going to have to try it, but never thought that I could do because I like to, to drive <laughs> golf carts, but actually playing and hitting the balls, it's something I thought. So 
people have to pick up this book and read this story because you're going to just love what golf did for Rebecca. Is there anything that you want to say about that before we take a break? Sure. I, I love talking about how golf impacted my life. Because like you, I was like, golf is not a sport. I was a soccer athlete and a track star. So I needed to move. I needed pain. I needed to feel breathless when I finished running a quarter mile. Like I need, I wanted to throw up after I finished a quarter mile. I was just going to so say, like, they always do. They sit there and throw. <laughs> I'm like amazed at watching all these people do that. I'm like, why would you want to do that to yourself? But <laughs> I, it, 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 it's a thing. It was definitely a thing for me. So I was an athlete and I considered that. And I thought golf is so dumb. You're going to tell me I'm supposed to ride on, on a cart. I want to be in nature. I'm going to ride on a cart, not walk. I'm going to hit some balls. Like this sounds so dumb. Well, COVID caused me to pick it up. My boyfriend's been playing for 20 years and I was like, that's his thing. But for whatever reason, I'm like, he's going to retire and I'm going to want to be part of that. And so I picked it up secretly. And well, this is something that not too many people know and is slightly embarrassing, but I really think it lures people into what are you talking about? I picked up golf the first night I went to a lesson like I said, I am an athlete and I'm in great shape. I teach people about pelvic floor. And when I swung the club, every single time I peed my pants. And I was like, what oh, on earth know. is going on? I was so upset, but I started learning about fascia. And so I was completely hooked at that moment because I was like, this is something that's challenging my body that I've never experienced. And I need to figure out why that's happening to me. And so that was the start. Then after a few months, I did 18 holes of golf. And just that first time I did the 18 holes, I must have swung the club 144 times. That is the number because that's the score I had. And swinging it so much, I walked off the course and I just bawled my eyes out. And so my friend was like, why are you crying? I was she's like, you, you know, you're going to stink. I'm like, I knew I was going to stink. It's not about that. I just released so many emotions. And from then on, I was hooked. I was like, this game is going to change my life. And it did. And and now that's what I do. I help women release their trauma, enjoy the golf course in a totally different way. Like you don't have to be good. You can just literally enjoy taking in. That's things that I bring to autism is get them out in the environment, get their feet in the grass, though not all of them can tolerate it. Get them out, hear the birds hear the swing, heal your body and what it's doing, be fully present. And all of those concepts that came with golf, I was like, this can change people's lives. Yeah. As you can see, I love talking about it. You're going to get all of these women out to play golf and the men are going to be like, wait, Rebecca, what are you doing? That was our game. I'm not I know. saying there's not women golfers, but you know, you always hear the guys and the, you know, we're going yeah. to well, I'll tell you, there, and I don't know this statistic exactly, but like 1.5 million around there, women picked up the game of golf during COVID. So we're coming. Really? We're coming for them. Okay, guys, <laughs> watch out. The, the, girls are, or the girls are coming. And now I'm going to have to have you teach me because I'm, I still, I just wonder if I'll ever be able to hit the, hit the ball. But you know what? The pelvic, all of that yes. is important. I'm 52 and, you know, I've had a yep. couple kids and things you know, that, frankly, that might not be too bad. And that says what comes to her head. 
We are going to take a quick break and say thank you to our sponsors, and we'll be right back on Word of Mom Radio. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. Unsilenced Voices has been working diligently in Ghana, Sierra Leone, Rwanda, and the USA to combat domestic violence, sexual abuse, and human trafficking. We currently have over 50 young girls on a wait list in Sierra Leone to go through a vocational training program to get them off the streets and out of harm's way. We have gifted over $33,000 to U.S. survivors and are looking for volunteers and donors to help us continue our cause. Please visit us at www.unsilencedvoices.org. Again, unsilencedvoices.org for more information. Are you experiencing insomnia, brain fog, hot flashes, mood swings, and more? These are many of the symptoms women experience on a daily basis affecting the health of their brain and increasing the risk for dementias like Alzheimer's disease down the road. A healthy lifestyle can make a big difference for the health of the brain, but Brain Love Health took it further and created an innovative nutritional supplement, especially for women, to support us through this transitional time while also promoting better sleep and long-term brain health. Don't wait any longer to help your brain age well. Why let it deteriorate? The health of your brain is in your hands. To begin protecting it today, visit brainlovehealth.com. That's B-R-A-I-N-L-O-V-E-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Don't let the name fool you. Stadiumbags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. So check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice. Because safety, it's in the bag. And we are back here on Word of Mom Radio. Thank you for listening. We are talking today to Rebecca Hale. We have talked a lot about her past, where she's been, where she's going, what we're doing. And we're going to continue to talk to her about a few other things in her life. And one of those, one of my favorite things to do is travel. And I'm assuming playing golf, you've been able to go to other places. That's an assumption of mine. But what is one of your favorite places that you've either lived or been or traveled to? Okay, this is an easy one for me. So when I turned 40, I had been waiting for a man to take me to Italy for my whole life. Like that was a place I wanted to go. And I thought romantic. When I was 40, I said, you know what? I'm going to take myself. <laughs> Aww. And so I took myself, I booked a trip, I flew into Rome, I spent a few days by myself in Rome, I went to the Vatican, that was huge, I explored the city, I got on a train up to Naples and joined up with a tour and went on to an island and spent a week on an island where we toured to Capri and all the different islands, and so I spent a week with a bunch of strangers and just talked and and had explored by myself and cried every time I got on a boat to see the different islands and 
it was funny because I booked that trip and I thought nothing of the fact that all my life when I got on boats, I got seasick. And the trip that I was on from Naples, we took a boat to the island we were staying on. And then every single day we got on a boat in the Mediterranean on choppy weather and went to a different island. And I, as we're boarding the boat for the first time, I was like, I can't believe I just set myself up to get seasick without Dramamine every single day of my vacation. And you know what? I never got sick. And one day we were coming back from one of our trips and it was a stormy day. We had 20 foot swells. Everybody was throwing up on the boat. I didn't throw up. <laughs> wow. Anyways, that it, that that wow trip to Italy, the trip to Italy was just it, it was sounds like a once in a lifetime trip. It was a once in a lifetime. It was really life changing. I oh, it, I had my birthday there, and so I you know all of the strangers saying to me like the, everybody saying to me in the morning, and then people were celebrating me all day. Oh, it was just so awesome. Such a great trip. So, and you know, I'm people are like, jealous. You're in Italy. I, 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 right? Well, yeah, my, my dad from Sicily and I, because of, <laughs> on my 50th birthday, and I, my, my audience has probably heard this a couple of times, I was supposed to go with my dad because I turned 50, he turned 80. So we're all 30 years apart. My dad was 30 years older than me. My son I had on um, three days after my 30th birthday. So it's like this generational wow. thing. And we were supposed to go when I turned 50, I had COVID. I had COVID pretty bad. Ugh. And then two years later, last year, I got COVID again. And, and then my father got it from me and then he actually passed. So I was unable to go because we couldn't go to Sicily, Italy, anywhere during the pandemic. I obviously couldn't go when I had COVID. Yeah. And so it is on my list. I am going to go and I'm going to spend a couple of weeks in Sicily. I want to see where my father was born. He was born in a, in a cave, actually, in Palermo. Wow. Was, That's going to be I awesome. I told you this when we were in Ellis Island. He was born as America was bombing because it was during the yeah. war. And he talked so much about that. And he came through Ellis Island when he was 15. So being on Ellis Island, being there with you, experiencing it, seeing his name on the wall, Feeling the, it was very peaceful there, feeling the peace around us and all of those people who imagined, went through mm -hmm. there to start, they had no idea what was in front of them, but they yeah. took a chance on their yeah. path, came to America, and then he went all the way across country and came out to California. My grandma and uncle, uh, my grandma and uncle Joe were already here, and he came with my uncle Tom, my grandfather, and then my aunt Michelle. So then they all came and to meet my grandma. So imagine what they were Amazing. thinking as they were going through that, the path that was in front of them, and the opportunities. When I think of the Ellis Island, I think of opportunities. I know it wasn't easy going through there. You know, there was a lot of people and a lot of things they had to go through. So I know it wasn't easy, but a lot of things happened from there. But going there to Italy, I'm going to get there yet. And then going there by yourself. A lot of times I travel by myself for, for work. I speak all over the country. I travel a lot every other couple of weeks. So I'm on, on a plane. And people always tell me, ask me, how would you do that by yourself? I've never thought twice about it. I just do it. I know. So, but going to a different country, you went to a different country by yourself. So you need to honor that too, as something that you've experienced, been through and made it through and then had your birthday there, which I think birthdays are very important. We talked a lot about different moments in your life. Is there a moment that was a defining moment for you 
that really change the outcome of your life. So I always talk about those two roads we choose, one way, you know, you could go this way or that way. That huge defining moment, it doesn't even have to be huge. A moment that was very defining to you that just changed the whole outcome. Is there something that you can think of that you could share with the audience? I guess what's coming to my head right now, and I guess maybe it's your connection with bullying. When my son was in middle school, he had created a story that his friends put him in a locker and he spent the day in the locker. And um, fast forward, he had done it himself. Now, he didn't, because he's also Asperger's, didn't know how to interact socially appropriately. He often would be made fun of, but kind of went with it. He became the joke of a lot of things. So life started getting really hard for him and he put himself in the locker, but his story was that his friends did. And so when the school didn't really act on it, I said, we're done with this. So I quit my job. My son was pulled out of school. He was homeschooled for the rest of that year with tutors. And then we up and moved into a 300 square foot studio apartment over someone's garage. And the plan was to live there for three months. We were there for eight, but that changed everything in my life. Like I started taking different kinds of chances because it was like, we're going to figure this out. It impacted my son that we moved for because he kind of had a new start, though it became a rocky start too. My younger son left all of his friends and all of his sports and had to start fresh. You know, all of those resentment things, but also changed the trajectory of our life. You know, like we we lived on a farm. We had roosters and chickens. My kids were from the city. So in this little apartment that we lived in, there were roosters and chickens. And my kids, all of their friends, that the new friends they had wanted to come over. I'm like, we live in a 300-square-foot room. We have three beds in one room. I got to tell the parents that they're going to sleep over in the same room as me. Like, but they loved it. The kids loved it. It was like camp because we had chickens and roosters and, you know, deer out in the backyard and the place where we were living had little mopeds. So it was like played football and, and I was embarrassed and mortified and I would have to, parents would drop their kids off. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's where we're living right now. But that was a humbling time and also, like I said, changed the trajectories. Well, you can do anything, you know, you can literally do anything. It doesn't matter. Even now when I'm taking chances and I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work out. Sometimes I'm like, what are you doing? I have to look back and say, you've always had what you needed. You always roll through. You so always that was- do. And for your yeah. children, you'll do more than you'll do oh, yeah. for yourself. And I yeah apologize that I did not know that your child was also on the spectrum and we need to talk about that for the book too but I've done so many things for my child to find the right space for him to find the right school for him to find the right fit we finally did find that and I you know that's a whole 10 hour show I'm not I'm not going to talk about that right now but we'll do things often for our kids that we won't do for ourselves and look at at how you made it through and how they they enjoyed it. I mean, I'm sure it was hard to leave friends and, and make that change, yes. but it was a new experience for them and a new world to show them that you can make it in a 300 square foot place. <laughs> um, amazing. Um, crazy, crazy. I have a crazy life and I we forget all sometimes. <laughs> we all have had so many things happen to us. We all have those stories. Oh, it's so good. As, we, as we wrap up, what advice do you have to help our audience live extraordinary lives? Oh, well, as you mentioned in the beginning, like extraordinary really comes from enjoying the simplicity. Be present because the gifts are in 
in the moments of just being present with people, experiencing, you never know who's crossing your path and what they have to offer you. Everybody does. And if you just breeze through and try to skip ahead, you you miss that, those connections and the, those little moments. I think that's the biggest thing. Just be present. That's what I love about golf. It forced me to be present. You know, if I wasn't present with that little tiny ball, standing over the ball and giving it my full attention, I would not be successful. And so just that little, that nuance of be present and your life will be extraordinary because of that. (laughs) And as busy, busy, as a busy mom, an entrepreneur, sometimes it's all I can think about is what I have to do next. Yeah. But when my mom passed, one of the things I really learned was life is too short to live unhappily. And living happily, you do not know how many more moments you have in life. Yes. I remind myself daily to try to be present, especially when I am with my kids, because I can't imagine they've, they've just grown so fast. I know. <laughs> Take the time to be present because you don't know how long you have. And this moment is all you really have right now, this moment. Learn to be present. Thank you for sharing that. How can our audience find you? I I think the best, I'm so active on my Facebook page. So, and it's just my personal page, Rebecca.Hale.76. There's a lot of Rebecca Hales out there. <laughs> uh, and I do have a website for By the Grace of Golf where things will kind of unravel. And that also connects to the work that I do with autism. So that's www.bythegraceofgolf.com. And you'll find me. Yeah, I love connecting with people. So if people want to talk golf, if they want to talk autism, they want to talk how they can advocate for their kid if some, they're having struggles in the school. I, I am very passionate about talking and helping people just flip the script of, you know, the storyline that sometimes schools lay over or families. So I love that. I love to connect with people. And people have to pick up the book, Warrior Women, Turning Life Lessons into Legacy. Uh, Rebecca's story is the first one in there. In addition to, she'll be part of Superheroes on the Spectrum when that comes out in September. That up too when that comes out. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for being on the show. I appreciate your time. I know you're you're busy. Rebecca didn't get to talk much about this, but in her story in Warrior Woman, she talks about how because she felt safe and she had someone to support her, she was able to release the trauma through golf. I want to talk a little bit today about having those people in our lives that can help us get through doing things alone. And sometimes we have to approach issues alone and and get through them on our own, but also having those people there to support you. Who do you have on your team? Who is there that can help support you so that you feel safe to get through your trauma, so that you feel safe to move forward. Think about that because we do better together. I think that during the pandemic, that was one thing that was highlighted. There's a lot of issues that happened during the pandemic. A lot of things that obviously we, I lost a lot of people. Most of us lost people and through the pandemic, but also we found that we need people. We need that socialization. We need to touch and hug and see people. We also need people to help us get us through these issues. Take a moment to think about the people in your life. Who can you support and who do you have to support you? Because having those people in your life is important. Socialization. Uh, They talk a lot, if you've ever read the Blue Zones, about how people can live longer. And one of those things is socializing and having those people in your corner. Thank you for listening today 
to ordinary people, extraordinary lives, connect to your superhero traits, find those. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Be super today. We are going to close out the show today with our theme song from Smith Sisters, Bluegrass. So on behalf of everyone here at Word of Bomb Radio, this is Jeanette Paxia saying be super today. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. Sure. Yeah.